Hey, everybody, you are back for another episode of Is It That Deep Though? <laughs> Is It That Deep Though? With Joy and Cynthia. Another week. I have another. hosted two episodes within like 40, like 24 hours. <laughs> Which is good. Because <laughs> we had a backlog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's just hard to get into the groove of edi- editing because even though I enjoy it most of the time, it mm-hmm. can feel like work. So then before you know it, I'm like, okay, it's been a week since we even recorded that. But oh well, I'm putting it out anyways. And the next one is coming out right after it. <laughs> what did you do this week? Yeah. Uh, how was this week? This week was pretty chill. Just trying to get stuff done and just really pushing through this job that I've been until the end of June. Because it's like you graduate and then it's like, oh, wow, you graduate. Everyone's congratulating you. And then you have to just like go back to work and as if like nothing happened. Because technically you don't graduate until you finish the internship. So uh, I keep hearing you say, well, I still have to. Well, I still have to. But then I have to. And also this. And I'm like, it's a journey that never ends. It literally never ends. I'm so and the thing that's so frustrating especially with I guess I don't know with some folks in this field is that like these huge milestones are kind of like diminished just by people like it's like oh well everyone like you have to finish your internship and then you get to celebrate having a PhD it's like I'm celebrating now like it got brought up in one of our meetings and three other girls graduated and they're like yeah yeah I just walked over the weekend I was like I walked on May 10th, I graduated and it's like, why are you guys minimizing this? This is like one of the biggest things that has happened in my life. But I mean, we're it's not all huge, same. but yeah. maybe it's because you're still back to work. You still like you can't really celebrate because it's not like you can go straight to vacation. It's not like yeah. you're going straight into your career. You still have to finish your internship. I was asking you, can I come visit you this weekend? And you were like, yes, but I will have this, this, this going on and I will have to work on this. And I was like, oh, so much work. I know. I know. It's so uh, I don't know. I was thinking like earlier today, like I wish, I mean, we like in the field, they always talk about like making the field more diversified, more equitable, more inclusive and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, we can have all the town halls we want, but nothing's going to change because people who already did this, are still have the mindset of like, I did it. So y'all have to do it too. And kind mm-hmm. of like go through the hazing process. It's ugly. You enjoy <laughs> it though, right? I do. You I enjoy do. what you do. Yeah, I do. Good. Yeah, I actually do. Like there are times where I walk away from like a session and I just like start, I feel like I want to cry because it's just like, oh, damn, I love this. Like, this is so, this is great. It's just the amount of work that goes into it and like the Mm -hmm. emotional stuff it takes out of you, but it's great. Amazing. I needed to hear that. And I hope, I think the listeners, whoever listens needed to hear that because I feel like there's a lot of like how hard it is. Mm-hmm. and not enough of how rewarding it is because you like it i often yeah. say i couldn't do it but that's <laughs> but you actively enjoy what you do and you like it and the hard work has been worth it mm-hmm. it wow. has been yeah like i wanted I just to gotta... ask you oh, yeah sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm looking i just got a book on like dealing with like child anxiety and i'm like because i decided to read it so maybe that's another book i need to buy <laughs> child anxiety (laughs) yeah i just bought this other book called crucial conversations and it's about like having high stakes conversations for like conflict resolution in the workplace and stuff like that because let me tell you are we are we ready for me to talk about my week a hundred percent oh child i 
I dealt with some nice, nasty work bitchiness this week that had me like seeing red. Like I was livid, livid. So I'm going to Seattle a second time to work on a conference and the leadership at my company, my direct leadership can be so disorganized. Like they will just tell you to do something or just throw something at you and give you no exact instructions, no exact plan, Mm -hmm. just throw it at you. So at first I thought I was planning it all by myself. Then I thought I was planning it with the initial person that they asked to plan it. I thought Mm -hmm. we were working together and that I would just continue on and be on site at the conference. And so Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, they're just kind of, long story short, they're basically kicking me off of the planning of it and telling me that it's because I don't have time for it. And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) Like they just were randomly like, it started off with one manager telling me, you don't have time for that, which I was like, yes, I do. And I actively want to do this. And she was like, no, you can't do this, which I thought was weird. And then they pulled me into a meeting like the next day or the next Monday. And we're like, yeah, so we're going to have this other girl do it. You know, she should handle it. You just don't have the time for it. And I was like, but I do. I have delegated tasks. I have the time for it. I actively wanted to to do it. And they're still like, well, no, she's just going to do it. And I'm like... Okay, because at that point, what else can I say? Like, if it's a no, it's a no. And so the girl that I was supposed to be planning it with, who they said she can plan it. And to be fair, her history, her background is event planning. Okay. So they initially just wanted her to do it to begin with by herself. It wasn't until she said, I'm going to be out of town during the conference time. Like I'm out of the country at during the actual conference that they brought me in to say, okay, you do that part. The Mm -hmm. issue is that they didn't communicate that well to say this is this girl's thing this is her time to shine she comes Mm -hmm. from a background of event planning we really wanted to give this to her so she could prove herself maybe we could make her full time whatever all we need you to do is just you know take instruction from her and then go on to the actual conference and represent like they didn't Mm -hmm. say that right and then when they wanted to clear it up and communicate the actual roles they still didn't say that they said you don't have time for it which made me like but i do so that's bullshit because i do have time then i do right. want to do it so i felt weirdly stonewalls and yeah. then when i messaged this girl later to say oh you know i really wanted to help i'm bummed but you know i'm just glad to be going i still think you know yeah let's set up a weekly cadence just so we can go over updates so you can keep yeah. me in the loop on what's happening and um I think I should just be in the next meeting with the lady, the director that we were working with to make this happen. I was like, I should just be in the next meeting. And she right. goes, um, I think the manager said that you're not allowed to be in the meetings. Do you want me to contact this manager? And this was a manager who literally just got promoted, who used to be like on my level. So it yeah. was basically a peer. And yeah, the look on your face, I was like, excuse me, bitch. Did you just tell me, like, first of all, like you're telling me um, they said you can't. They never said they never said cannot attend any more. Like there was never a joy is barred from entering any meetings like joy cannot plan this. It was just this other girl will plan this joy. You work on this. So me being told, yeah, you interrupt and tell me how you're feeling. Yes. First of all, that is such an ugly way to communicate Mm. whatever she was trying to say. Like, well, I heard you can't come or like you're not supposed to be there. It's like, first of all, like, are you the person who's supposed to determine who's going to be somewhere and who's not? Like, this is something that you are now doing. If you weren't aware that someone else is supposed to participate, be like, oh, well, I wasn't aware or like, okay, let's ask, you know, the manager and see what she says. But I'd, ha- I'd be happy to have you help. 
or like, I'd be happy to have some teamwork on this as opposed to being like, you can't come. That's just so like, what's the word? Like exclusive and just wanting to be in a position of power over somebody else. Exactly. And I have never in this company been stonewalled out of something. Like there's no such thing as asking to be in a meeting. It's different if you... You're, if you if you ask like, oh, I'd like to be in this meeting, whatever. But typically that's a situation where your lead or your manager is telling you about a meeting they're about to be in. And right. somebody underneath that level says, oh, I'd like to be in that meeting. And then the lead or the manager might say, oh, well, this is just, you know, managers only or like leads only. Or, you know, right. I've once told somebody who worked on my team, like, oh, I can't put you in the meeting because I'm not even really supposed to be in the meeting, girl. Like they didn't even give me the actual calendar invite (laughs) they sent me the zoom link separately because they don't want me like this is not a regular thing and this is just Mm -hmm. me getting to be here Mm -hmm. like that is normal but being told by somebody this girl's position is also lower than mine like in the department Mm -hmm. so being told like the manager said you can't but i can ask her the way she even worded it i can ask my manager if this manager who literally was on my level and just got there like just a week ago. I can ask her if you'd like. It was so nice, nasty, like yeah, workplace exactly. bitchery that yeah. I was like, this bitch. And I I was seething because it's one of those things where I don't get to say, okay, well, if you want to be a bitch about it, then I guess I won't go. Right. Because that's not, there was no, mm-hmm. I was mad because it's like, this bitch has me. Like I can't go off on her the way I want to because Ooh. it's on Slack one. So if right. I say the wrong thing, she's going to screenshot it. She's white, by the way. Of course. So like, thank you. Of course. Yeah. If I say the wrong thing, she's going to screenshot it. I also had a feeling that she read my message about saying I'd like to be in the next meeting and mm-hmm. went to her manager anyways and was like, mm-hmm. she wants to be in the meeting and she's not, I don't want her there. Like, she's just gonna blah, blah, blah. Like, do what do what? I say? Take your I'm like, exactly. I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do? It's like, right. you almost thought I was going to come in and be like, so anyways, I'm running this shit. And anyways, we just gonna continue with me planning things. Like, I was like, what do you even think I'm going to do if I attend? Like, right. why does it need to be a you cannot come? Mm-hmm. It was weird. So I felt mm-hmm. like she went to her manager and her manager's like, tell her we said no. And if she has a problem, she could see me about it. Like, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. And every one of my managers in the leadership are all white women. Of plus course. one like Latina. But to me, this that's is why right. I don't say black people are people of color. Right. Because nine times out of 10, when there's a predominantly white majority, Black people are going to be on their own. And then whatever uh, other people of color are there, the one or two are going to just get in where they fit in with the white people, because that's where the power is. Why would they choose you who has no power when they have the white people over there? So to me, it's like you're not I don't see kinship with you in that way. Like, I'm not going to look to you and be like, you have my back and that or you get it because you you don't. So. Yeah, I was like, these bitches. <laughs> like, so, like, seriously. What? First of all, this group of leadership is telling me, like, you can't do this because you don't have time. And then she has the nerve to tell me, like, the manager said you can't. So I'm fuming. And I just said, uh, I just wanted to be in one more meeting with her, mm-hmm. with the director, so that I wasn't ghosting the situation. Because to anybody who knows professionalism, yeah. like, we just got the last meeting we had with that director, we were with a director even more senior than her, mm-hmm. as well as the sponsor of the whole conference. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are rich white people. You know that he's mm-hmm. making, like, um, like, the way that when yep. we quoted, like, one of the hotels was like, oh, it would be $15,000 for the two-day event. He was like, oh, that's cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, these are rich people and they are way senior level Mm -hmm. so the idea of the idea of just me just not showing up anymore I was like 
that's not professional. There should be mm-hmm. one more meeting where I officially close off any last concerns I had because I had a list of questions from our last mm-hmm. meeting. Mm-hmm. And just we we professionally pass off the baton and clear up, hey, this is what's going to be happening. She's going to be owning the planning. She's going to be on site. Absolutely. But she's going to be like, that's just what's professional. So yeah, the it's a idea warm that handoff. They, Thank you. Yeah. So the idea that it's like they said you can't was like, you think I'm coming for you or something like you are right. weirdly bitchy. And exactly. I, I feel like the key lesson that I learned here that I always have to learn, it feels like once a year, is that white women always show up. Like no matter how cool. And I know some cool white women. I'm still cool with some white women to this day, mm-hmm. but I get nervous mm-hmm. because I've seen it too many times where you let your guard down and then all of a sudden they go white on you really fast and mm-hmm. they get cold mm-hmm. or they look at you or they other you or you mm-hmm. see, oh, you're not fighting for me. You're not really an ally. You don't care about what I go through. Mm-hmm. Like it, it always shows up in some sort of way. And so when she said that, I just said, well, I just wanted one more meeting. So I wasn't ghosting the situation. Mm-hmm. No, if you need to contact your manager, no worries. I will mm-hmm. ping her in Slack if it's an issue. Mm-hmm. And she goes, sounds good. Yeah, dummy. I was like, this cunt. <laughs> like she, no, honestly, you have some fucking, okay. like the sounds. Good. I was like, do you even, you know how you sound. There is no, exactly. mm-hmm. there, I'm always trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Messages, texts, sometimes they can be read the wrong way. Mm-hmm. This, I was like, no, she's being nice, nasty. She's being a bitch. Like yeah. she's being a total see you next Tuesday. She is, tr- she's mm-hmm. being very white right now. And I was fuming and my coworker friend who was with me, I was like, I'm really really angry that she talked to me like that. Like I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. I'm very mad. Mm-hmm. And so I called my manager. I hopped on a zoom with her because I was like, we, I, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, is there a problem? Like, is there something that I don't know? Like, cause why is it such an issue now for me to help plan mm-hmm. the conference? The thing y'all asked me to do. Yeah. The thing that y'all asked me to do or whatever, if even if it's not what y'all meant, like, why is it a problem? Mm -hmm. And then why is this bitch talking to me like this? Mm -hmm. And she goes, "Ah, it's not a problem. It's just, you know, whatever. Like, you know, you're just busy. You don't have time for it. We, I was like, I do have time. Why does everybody keep saying that? That's not true. Like, cause to me, it's like, don't give me bullshit. It's exactly, I don't have to do it. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not like, oh, I have to give it to me. It's not mine. I don't care Mm -hmm. to that level. But like, if you're going to tell me that I can't do something that I was excited to do, Mm -hmm. give me a one solid reason that makes sense. And then let's dead it. Like, don't Mm -hmm. tell me you don't have time when you don't look at my fucking calendar every day. Like, you don't know how I block my time. I actually have plenty of time to -hmm. focus on something, especially if it's in my interest. So I already dead it down was like that's not true so why are people saying that mm-hmm. and then she was like oh well you know it's just like too many cooks in the kitchen and so much going on and uh, da, 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 and you know this was thing and i was like oh i dropped the girl's name i didn't mean to oh but. who gives a fuck and that means <laughs> the fact that you said like no that's not true i do have time and she's like oh well it's like okay so there was no issue about time because if there if it really was an issue of time she's like no these are the reasons yes. why you don't have time da, 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 da. she didn't say that exactly because by the way i was like is there a project coming up for me like is there right. something in the works that i don't know about because mm-hmm. everybody's saying i don't have time makes me think that there's something else involved because that doesn't make sense right now and she was like no and then she switched to that by the way i'm gonna bleep out the girl's name because i oh, just don't okay. like i don't like the idea uh-huh. of 
whatever. Yes. But <laughs> and so she was like, too many cooks in the kitchen, and it's her thing. It was her thing anyways. It was always gonna be supposed to be her thing. I was like, oh, I get it now. It was her thing. Okay. I'll she started back to off. feel some type of way or maybe communicate yeah. to someone. And about my something. manager's like, oh no, I, I misspoke. Like, I don't mean it was her thing, but you that's know, just you too many cooks in the kitchen, and you know, just let her own it. Like, that's how it should have been. Like, just let her own it, whatever. And I at that point, I was like, you're white whatever. too. Like, exactly. you don't care about how I because that's the thing about white people is that they don't know what it feels like to be the only or like Mm -hmm. the other person so they don't understand that how I feel when a bunch of white people are telling me like you can't do this because of some bullshit reason and now to me you're like kind of disregarding my feelings Mm -hmm. all all you have to do is say look the true tea is that we're trying to give her her manager is trying to give her something to work on so that she can prove herself and elevate in this company. She maybe has been stagnant. Like it was always supposed to be her thing. We fucked up the communication. Sorry, we got you excited. It really has nothing to do with you. Just let her own it. Let her shine. And then just take over from there. I would have been like, cool. I got it. That makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But the fact that they just could not get their story straight and they're all white women made me feel like y'all are against me. Like I just couldn't Mm -hmm. help but feel like there's something else going on mm-hmm. and I was they were rubbing me the wrong way and I could tell I was rubbing them the wrong way because I wasn't just gonna say oh okay yeah yeah you were dropping you it which I'm because glad you I was didn't like, yeah I mean now I'm like see that's we gotta have an episode about professionalism oh yes oh my gosh honestly maybe this should just be that because we were gonna talk about Kendrick today but do you really have much to say about uh the no album? not I mean I have some that I like and I have some that I'm like oh like there was one song that was kind of triggering yeah. Like okay, let's girl. give ourselves 10 minutes. 10 minutes okay. on the clock now to talk about the album. So okay. do you want to talk about what you liked or the problematic stuff? I'll talk about what I liked. I liked um the song Crown something. I can't remember what it's called. Yikes, I should have pulled it up. Um, but there were so overall, I think there were some songs that I liked. There were some songs that were kind of preachy in the sense that it was like very he mentioned dr sebi and he mentioned some like <laughs> hotepi things i'm like you know it's like i don't know about all that um but then there were songs that i was like auntie diaries i did not like that song that could have been kept in drafts like i don't think it mm. needed to be on an album like this um the song where i think him and i don't know the other singer they're going back and forth like fuck you fuck you that I was the actress song. taylor page okay yeah i just I, I wasn't feeling that song i did like the song that he had with kodak black silent hill the song that started with the crown um, the song we had with baby keem i like that song too but overall i think it was okay i wouldn't necessarily say that it's my favorite kendrick lamar album mm-hmm. yeah but it's not the worst okay so i will just duplicate just pretend that all my positives are yours because i'm gonna okay. go straight to what i thought was problematic slash did not really like yeah so because we don't have that much time that we have eight minutes left to talk about it <laughs> <Eight minutes>. so <laughs> the way that i feel is that there is no way that there can be a bad kendrick lamar album he's right. too thoughtful too talented too great of a storyteller he has a freaking Pulitzer Prize like he can't have a bad album absolutely but this will be my least favorite album of his mm-hmm. I don't have there's never been an album of his post Good Kid Mad City and onward where I didn't immediately have songs that I favorited because I was like oh hell yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah yeah none of these songs upon the five listens I've done 
five oh, plays okay. I've gone through yeah. have made me want to press the like button. Like I like the song, the sound, the song, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa puff. Na, 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 yeah. na, na, na. That's a cute vibe. I hope I love to see the thinness in me. Like that's, it sounds good. I felt like it didn't really flow well with the album. Like mm-hmm. the dancier songs I felt like kind of came out of nowhere, but maybe that's because to pimp a butterfly flowed so beautifully. Like oh, was yeah. so seamless. Damn. I feel like it was also like, it felt like a story but like it just felt like it flowed better than this to me mm-hmm. that's just my opinion mm-hmm. uh, but even that song where the song was summer walker aren't songs that i oh yeah even though i'm like they're they sound good i'm not like i would listen to this on purpose by themselves mm-hmm. and 95 is a good song i like that one that's a good song um but I really did feel the ho teppiness throughout this album. Mm-hmm. And it got worse as I like looked at Genius. Today I actually like read like the pitchfork oh, review. Oh yeah. And I looked through Genius to just understand more about what the songs were about and some of the lyrics. And it's just super ho teppy. The whole album. Uh-huh. I very much was like, this was an album for black men because I don't under it's not for me. It was not for me. It wasn't for you. No, it was wasn't. about black men. We have daddy issues. Black men. Yeah. A lot of us have sexual trauma. Black Which, men. Like I was, I have hotep, like Dr. Savvy. I was like, okay. <laughs> Why is that name even on here? Eckhart Tolle. I was like, okay. Interesting that you have a, an interest in this specific mm-hmm. white psychologist. Do you know Eckhart Tolle's work or like his no. philosophy at all? Mm-hmm. I almost looked into it. And then I was like, child, I'm at work. <laughs> this <laughs> is not worth my lunch break or whatever downtime I have. I, I wrote down some notes. So the problematic things that I'll say, we have six, five and a half minutes left. Okay. I agree with you sort of about Auntie Diaries. I feel bad okay. that the first time I listened to it, I didn't think it was that bad. Because, you know, some of us like know like problematic black, how problematic black men can be and how like Mm -hmm. homophobic, transphobic they can be. Mm -hmm. The parts that stuck out to me were that it felt like him bridging his immaturity at a young age with Mm. who he is now and looking back at how that was wrong, even though at the same time he wasn't against these relatives, Mm -hmm. but he was still saying like the F word during that time. And so Mm -hmm. in the song, he says it because he's reflecting on that time. Right. I completely understand anybody who's like, I don't care. I don't want him to say it at all. Mm -hmm. Because he does have that point at the end where he's like, yeah, we can say the F word together if you let a white woman say the N word. Mm, or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like if you got the point at the end then why were you still saying it in the song because right. then it's like why if a white woman says the n-word in her song is yeah i at the yeah. same time though i get it because the f-word was a word that a lot of people used to use in the early 2000s and mid 2000s just like willy-nilly like it was nothing right and mm-hmm. even today if you nobody gets canceled because you look through their tweets and saw them use the f-word people look for the n-word when they yeah. want to cancel someone, they don't look for the F word. Mm-hmm. Um, so we obviously know which one is the stronger slur mm. <laughs> or whatever. But at the same time, if a community is like, we don't want you saying it, period. Right. I get that people were upset about misgendering going on, mm-hmm. dead naming, even though I was like, you can't possibly think that his cousin's name is Marianne or Demetrius. There's no right. way. I mean, I don't I think he used not. their real names. Yeah. I don't and ma- I don't think he used their names. So I was like, I don't really think about dead names because it's like and i it is shitty though to say like demetrius is marianne now mm-hmm. but again it was like i saw the ho teppiness and i was just proud of his acceptance that mm-hmm. i was like not too mad about 
those problematic parts. What do you think? I can see that last part you said. I can see that because one of the, when I think of hotepiness, I think of misogyny, transphobia, mm-hmm. homophobia, like point mm-hmm. blank. So for him to come to terms with that and like reflect on it, despite having hotep natures, hotep cor- correlates, I can see that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when I first heard it, all that stuck out to me was the story of him even saying I have trans relatives and I ride with them and I've stuck up for them. And mm-hmm. like, I've come to learn that those words I used were harmful and bad. Right. And then upon like the third list, and that's when I was like, he does say the F word a lot though, for someone who is claiming yeah. to have learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then throughout the album, his theme is like, I don't care what y'all think. Like y'all cancel everybody for every little thing. Y'all are so yeah. sensitive. I'm not your savior. Like I'm yeah. not here, which leads me to the next point that I have about what was problematic. Kodak Black is on like, two songs and I was like why is this guy on this album Uh, and that's so wild because I definitely said one of the songs with him on it yeah I thought the beat was good for Silent Hill and then I heard Kodak's voice and I was like skip and that intro to Savior Mm -hmm. is Kodak Black that's just true. rapping. And I was like, why does he want to work with this guy so bad? And I was like, it's probably he sees himself in him. He sees his cousins, his family. Mm. You know, it's that whole like solidarity, even though you're like horrible person who's like assaulted women and allegedly it, like mm-hmm. he literally Kodak Black has literally said, like, if you're a female artist and you're going to work with me or work on my label or whatever, I feel like you owe me sex. Like you have to sleep mm. with me and I don't want you sleeping with anybody else because I don't want another man's like another man to get into your head like it needs to be me and i'm like why would you even give this guy any money by working with? Uh, why would you even put your name with his i think it was just for shock value because his whole theme of the album is like black men have it so hard and like mm-hmm. we are all some of us are assholes and gangsters and all this shit because of what we've been through and father times is about like being toughened up by your dad and like mm-hmm. mother i sober is i think about I mean, he goes into saying that some of these rappers have sexual trauma. Yeah. And stuff like like that. Go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I know I'm cutting you off. I apologize. No, 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 no. Okay. I was just going to say, I I get that. And that's true. And I think that's probably the reason why he has someone like Kodak Black on his album. Because there's like, I think for some black men, like not all, but I think for many, there's black male solidarity over everything. Like it doesn't matter what. So I think that's probably why he was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna let it rock because black male solidarity. That's and I can't get with that because I'm like, okay, so this definitely wasn't an album for black women or women because we are offended by this guy and you don't care. But cool, cool. Like, I get it. And I mean, looking back, a lot of the shit just kind of upon the fifth listen, I was like, this kind of just to me just feels like a bunch of excuses. He's not telling these guys how to be better or that women deserve more or that they're affecting future generations by being shitty or anything like he's just saying these are the reasons why we've made our mistakes and this is why and we have it really hard because our fathers and our mothers and sexual trauma and all of the stuff we go through and I'm like the first couple listens I was like oh cool bring it to the forefront yes and then by the fifth I was like this just sounds like excuses because you still have this Kodak Black dude on the album working with you so it kind of feels like you're saying ignore all of the horrible shit he's done because he's probably one of the cases I've talked about you know Mm -hmm. the Whitney Alford thing so he has a fiance (laughs) they've been engaged for like seven years and they have two kids and so a big theme or a recurring thing he talked about on this album was that he calls it having a sex addiction and he has basically cheated on her throughout their relationship like they've been together since high school but on the album he also talks about sleeping with a a Mm -hmm. white woman in copenhagen during the good kid mad city Mm -hmm. yeah and like how his 
how Whitney was even like, do you have like a problem? Like, do you have a thing with this? I was just like, I really hate hearing about (laughs) relationships where like women have stuck with somebody for years and been disrespected for years. And he does say that at some point she walked away, but I guess he went to therapy. So she came back because by the end of the album, she's like, yes, you have overcome generational curses. (laughs) It was like a big applause. And his daughter's like, thank you, dad. Thank you, brother. Whatever. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Everything's solved. Yeah. No, my thoughts on that are no. I just get really frustrated with that because I understand bringing black mental health, black male mental health trauma, all of that stuff to the forefront. Yes, that needs to happen. It should Mm -hmm. have been happened yesterday. So I'm glad that he did that. That's not full stop. What happens next is healing. And whenever I hear people bring up their trauma as the reason, you know, for why they did this or why they're like that, I completely empathize with that. I understand it. And then I'm listening for like what I'm doing now to heal because yes, you went through trauma. All of us went through trauma, but right now moving forward, what are you doing so that that doesn't continue to, you know, run your life? Because to a certain extent, you can work on healing. You may not Mm -hmm. be able to do it all by yourself. That's what therapy is for and community and stuff like that. But there are some steps you can take to heal on your own just to start off with. And I didn't hear that that much on this album, but I don't know. I mean, he said he went to therapy. That's true. You're right. You're right. He's like in therapy. He's like having sessions with Eckhart Tolle. I guess Um, he's trying to give the game to other young black men who come up under him. But I just feel like the culture enables cheating and being shitty. And I also feel like with women as a woman, like if you allow a man to like cheat on you multiple times, you're just showing that it's not a deal breaker. And even if you leave, but you come back, it's showing that you can come back that it can be brought back. I don't know. I mean, how is this that different than Jay-Z and Beyonce, child? (laughs) (sighs) Where, like, she left and then came back because he went to therapy. I know. (laughs) I'm starting to think therapy is manipulative. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you pay for a few sessions and you're, like, you spout some rhetoric that you've heard your therapist say, and it's like, wow, he's really changed. I hope the actions show different because what does that do but cause another set of generational curses, too? I mean, especially when your kids have to know, like, my mm -hmm. daddy was running around on my mom, like, for years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, I hope that if anything, he's in his healing journey for real. And like this album kind of demonstrates the thought process, the journey and kind of describing Mm -hmm. that to others and using it as a reflective piece, which I think it does. You know, the outcomes are just going to be reflected by his actions, which we won't see because we're not in his life. It's not my business, honestly, like his actions. I just I it had never been. I guess he talked about lust in Damn, but I never read too much into it because I like the songs too much to be like, so what's he talking about? Because I was like, these <laughs> songs are real. they're good songs. Uh, and we're out of time, but the last thing is just Jesus mm. comparisons. I didn't really care for that. I didn't care for the 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 thorn crown on the album cover. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care for the part in the N95 video where he's like over the ocean and he's like, yeah. his arms are out like Jesus on the cross. And I feel like throughout the album, he kind of did correlate himself to that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not feeling it. So that's that. That's all we had to say about the yeah. album. If you like it, great. It wasn't for me personally. So let's get into this topic. Professionalism versus being a human being at work. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we came up with this impromptu topic because I would really like to talk through it. Same. So I feel like there was a time in work where it was just well known, especially for black people. Like, don't ever let them see you sweat. Don't let mm-hmm. them see you crack. 
be professional. Like, don't let them into your personal life because you can't trust these people for any reason. They will try to, you know, make it seem like you're not professional or like you're not capable. You know, there's a lot of jokes about people who were like, I clock into work. Well, what was that character on The Office? Like Stanley? Oh, Stanley. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody would be like, that's me at work. I literally Mm -hmm. go in as soon as the clock hits five o'clock. I'm packing my stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. leaving. (laughs) But I feel like with our generation, it's changed to where a lot of workplaces do care about your mental health. Like you Mm -hmm. can tell your manager or whatever, I am taking a mental health day. I can tell my manager I'm overwhelmed. I need Mm -hmm. time off because I don't take it often Mm -hmm. and things like that. I can even talk to my manager or I felt like I could about issues that I'm having, not personal life issues, but like certain things Mm -hmm. or whatever that are related to work that are upsetting me. But I'm starting to feel because of that whole spiel I went on about that coworker who was giving Mm -hmm. me that attitude over whatever. And then when I was talking to my manager and I just felt like, are y'all like, I almost felt bad. Like, did I do the wrong thing by adamantly saying I do have time though? I could do this though. Like, should I have just been like, yes, ma'am, I'll do what y'all say. Like, if you don't want me on it, fine. And then I have to think about being black in this workplace with a bunch of white people. And if I'm going to look like somebody they don't want to work with, because if I was a man, they'd be like, oh yes, that's, that's Tom. Like he's, a gr- he, like he's just being dominant. Like he's just speaking with authority. Like we like him, but because mm-hmm. I'm a woman and I'm a black woman, it can easily be like, she's such an aggressive bitch. She did. You did too much. You should have mm-hmm. just backed off and fell back or whatever. Have you found yourself in your workplace ever having to worry about your tone or feel like you need to choose your words carefully because you will be judged, maybe alienated or looked down upon? Yes. All the time to, a debilitating fault like that's something that i'm trying to actually unlearn now because all throughout in all my work environments even when i worked at tivana like customer service i always was like okay i have to be on my p's and q's i have to always be everything perfect all the time because i don't want to attract attention to myself i don't want to be seen as someone who is not meant to be in this position and i got even worse in graduate school being the only black person in my cohort one of like two or three black person people depending on the year in the program and going on externships and hospitals and being the only black person there and all of that stuff. And just always having to feel like, and I was like the youngest too. Like I have to make sure that I'm I'm on top of everything. That means saying yes to things that I don't necessarily want to do or I don't have time for overextending myself, basically kissing ass, kissing yash for years and years and years to get to where I needed to get to. And what that's taught me is that like, okay, You got some things, but like your integrity, being seen as a superhuman person, is it worth it for that? It's not because I'm not superhuman. I'm not superwoman. Mm -hmm. And people will see you like that and will continue to throw stuff on you, continue to expect you to do things that you shouldn't be doing that they wouldn't do themselves and then just expect that of you. And I just think it's ridiculous that as especially as black women, not only do you, you can't come work looking sloppy, you can't come to work late, you can't do anything because anything negative, the connotation is seen is associated with blackness in some form explicit or implicit and you have to fight against all of that it's exhausting and i'm like over it so i'm glad going back to your point that you did speak up and say something because if anything that's taught them like okay we're gonna be you know slide with joy at least let's not be sloppy about it because they were very Mm. sloppy and they thought that they could Mm. get away with it and i see now with you saying all of that why we talked about soft life yeah. In that other episode, I think listening back, I was like, I think I didn't get it correct. Soft life is related to work mostly, right? Yeah, mostly. About not working and overextending yourself and going too hard to have the things you need, but like 
being able to properly attribute time to work and not be so stressed out and like, go, go, go. I have to do this all the time. Yeah. Because that sounds like that's what you've had to do for six years, maybe. Yeah, 100 like percent. Pretty much the whole time. I remember there was a girl in my lab who was a year ahead of me who she was really smart, very intelligent, very productive. But when she was not available or when she was off to like spend time with her husband or visit her family in Indiana or whatever, she would just leave and everyone would accept it. Like, oh, so-and-so can't come. She's out of town. Meanwhile, if I say like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, for the summer, I'm going back to Texas. Well, Cynthia, we need, you know, you to handle data collection or like, do you think that you'll have time? Can you hop on the Zoom call or can you do this while I'm on vacation? And so like that it's like yo would never treat the other girl like that she went out of town for three weeks at one point just say oh so-and-so's out of the office she's out of the office they just assume that when she says that she's not free she's not free meanwhile me i have to like leave class early to go get data collection when i shouldn't be leaving class early period you know things like that Mm -hmm. on the other hand i you know was along for it i said yes to everything i felt like i had Mm -hmm. to so i didn't stick stick up and and advocate for myself in that sense but on the other hand other hand would i have been able to i don't know it's tough the fact see because that kind of makes me wonder you know how we say things like black people have trauma from slavery and you know certain Mm -hmm. things are like in our bodies and whatever from slavery is that like oppressive oh i can tell this black person what to do and feel comfortable Mm. being it within white people do you think because i'm like why did they feel even if you were gonna say yes why did they feel comfortable just being like you'll do it i know is it all just because you would did you always like were you the kind of person who always asked for more work no or were you just the person who said yes if they offered it if they offered it, yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so bored. Give me more. I would just they would tell me to do something like, oh, yeah, I can do it. But then it just kept like, oh, well, she can do it. Give it to her or like she mm-hmm. can be another author. Like we need another author. on super. So yeah, can you jump on this thing as opposed to being like, didn't we already give her 81 things to do yeah. yesterday? My problem comes in where you're like, I'm going to take some time you shouldn't even have to tell them what for, but like, exactly. I'm going to leave to go here. I'm going to do something. And then to be like, oh, but, but wait, 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 can you do, wait, do you have time? Or you're supposed to, are you going to be able to, because it's like, what? No, they should at that point be like, yes. Like that's the good thing about my workplaces. They would for sure say, yes, take all the, take the time you need. You are working on a lot of stuff. That is a lot. Like, I don't like that these people feel like they're entitled to your labor. Mm-hmm. even when you're entitled to free time like that doesn't mm-hmm. rub me and it's those kind of conversations that you want to have but mm-hmm. it goes back into is this how do i make this or keep this professional because when you're talking to white people specifically like you have to worry that mm-hmm. they're going to take it the wrong way right you can't sit with your superiors and say it's an issue to me that i'm always being assumed to carry all of this load when I've literally seen other white coworkers not have to do that and be mm-hmm. free to leave as they choose. Like, cause then that's not, I don't know that they would, do you feel like they would have taken that as like, Oh wow, we never noticed. You're so right. We're sorry. Or that they would be like defensive. Oh, now she's brought in race. Oh, Oh, oh wait. The, I think the latter, even as much as, and I was like at a very like liberal progressive environment, I did bring up a time when my supervisor, she had said something problematic to me like years earlier and it had bothered me. And I brought it up. It was during the, you know, the George Floyd situation, everything. So everybody, all the mm-hmm. white people were like crying. So I brought it up just up the ante. And she was just like, oh my gosh, have has there been any other time when you felt uncomfortable around me? And I was just sitting there and being like, if I said every single time to this woman right now, 
just given this, mm-hmm. the emotional salience of the time, she would treat me, com- not only would she treat me completely differently, I feel like she would have pity on me moving mm. forward. And just like, it would just, it would be, it would be too much. And I feel like that's also so much burden to put on the person to be like, okay, now mm. tell me every single time when I've wronged you. Right. Like, Why is there more than once, Bay? Why is there more than once? Yeah. So, Especially when it kind of feels like a teach me yeah. Kind of moment like ah, uh, like I, it's not my job to sit here especially when you're already treating yourself like the victim so now i have mm-hmm. to hold your hand while i'm telling you mm-hmm. how you've hurt me what like why am i supposed why am i feeling bad for you in this moment like mm-hmm. no you should be you should have just told her there have been more times but they don't need to be discussed right now like you mm-hmm. don't need to hear every time just know that there have been more times it just makes the i feel i, I just feel. i don't i don't want to bring race into the workplace like that because i'm like after that they will look at you differently and they will be like, and some of them might genuinely be like, oh, we do need to be careful and like watch ourselves. But some of them might be like, this bitch is going to be bringing race into everything. Like, so if she doesn't get whatever, she's going to talk about race or they'll be like the things we have given you, like you still feel like race is an issue here mm-hmm. because I am going to Seattle twice. Mm-hmm. That is not something that anybody else in my department is has been offered or gotten to do. I'm the first person I think who has pitched a solo trip to Seattle for myself to work on things. Mm-hmm. And they just said yes, because they trust me and they respect me. And the, mm-hmm. the trust and respect is there. It's mm-hmm. just this specific one-off situation, maybe two off if you count that little bitch. But <laughs> these specific situations were, I have felt like on guard because it's like mm-hmm. I've been given free range to explore and learn and do things. And this was the first time that I was like told no and they didn't have their story straight. So now I'm on guard. Like, is this a white thing where y'all don't want me to is there some are y'all talking about me behind my back? Like what's going mm-hmm. on? Doesn't help that the leadership is like all women. Right. Of course. Because no stereotypes with women. Like I hate when people are like, you know, if a guy is like catty or gossipy, they're like, he acting like a bitch now. Like, <laughs> I hate that because it's like not all women do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a bitch. I mean, maybe it is a bitch tendency to <laughs> create drama. But <laughs> no, I say it out loud because I'm calling that girl a bitch, aren't I? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I think my point is like, I feel like when you have a mix of leadership that are men and women, we balance each other out more. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes when it's just women, sometimes things can because women can take things to a catty uncomfortable level at times Mm -hmm. like no guy is gonna say um i believe the manager said you can't um but i can talk to my manager if you'd like no guys don't do that they don't Mm do i mean straight men at least i don't know (laughs) i would have i would have called him a bitch too if he said said (laughs) because it's just so nice nasty and unnecessary my coworker was like you should just talk to her and you know Mm -hmm. just tell her straight up hey i don't know if you're aware of this but you know when you said xyz you know i took it the wrong way and it it hurt my feelings i was thinking i was told her i'm not gonna talk about feelings with her like no she won't hold them she'll dismiss them or or enter herself bitch this is work this is professional it's not about you made (laughs) me feel bad because at one point she's like she was saying just tell her she hurt your feelings and i'm thinking that's no. not that's not that's not what this is this isn't about obviously feelings must be involved because right. i'm angry i'm of course, mad. yeah <laughs> but it's not about you hurt my feelings it's about why are you being such a bitch about this meeting mm-hmm. and trying to stonewall me out of shit for no reason right so it's not even the conversation doesn't even need to be about her tone because if i were to say hey you know i kind of felt whatever when you said that it made me feel 
maybe that you were against me or that I had done something to upset you or something with this. All she would say is be the, she would just be the fake bitch that she is and be I like, know, she'd oh, lie. no, nothing. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, I do, sorry. Oh I didn't mean God. that at all. And then it's cool. Now I got some fake apology that I don't even care about. No, yeah. I need, if she's not going to say, girl, you know what? I was tripping. You, you could have been in the meeting. I don't even know what I was off on. Like, forget it. You can come. Then it would be clear like okay we we good on this thanks for acknowledging that you were tripping about this but you know what's funny to follow up with that so (laughs) two updates another so i had a one-on-one with my manager our normal scheduled one-on-one and i went through different like a project idea and then updates on what i was working on and other team members and then i had put you know personal problems with communication mm. and I meant personal development because mm. I was talking to her about career development oh I'm out with this person I'm learning this programming tool etc mm-hmm. but then the personal was going to be let's circle back to what happened this week when that girl talked mm-hmm. to me this way and it made me very angry mm-hmm. let's circle back to the miscommunication from the mm-hmm. managers on this project that made mm-hmm. me feel as if I was being pulled off of something that I really wanted to work on how should I have taken that can we talk more about how we can go about this better in the future so that mm-hmm. I don't feel attacked mm-hmm. or upset or that if I even do I know that I can maybe calm down and not assume the worst and just mm-hmm. say okay you know let's talk about that and then there yeah. was another miscommunication that I had with a different team member that she and I had briefly talked about and I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about that as well because mm-hmm. that last miscommunication is why I took time off for next week because mm-hmm. I was just I can't do this I need a break I've mm-hmm. I feel that I'm upsetting people and I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> want to be here because I'm pissed at people now mm-hmm. and instead of she cut our like our, she cut our one-on-one short usually it's 30 minutes she started off the meeting saying so this is only gonna be 15 minutes because I have another meeting okay Um, Thanks for telling me, but you should have told me that before because I had a list of things on the agenda, but cool. And so by the time we got to the personal items, we only had five minutes left. So I Mm -hmm. said, I don't think we're going to have time for this. And she said, oh, we have time. Basically, you know, whatever. It just was, you know, a miscommunication. She's going to own that, you know, your thing with that other coworker, the miscommunication. It's fine. It's whatever. And I was just kind of thinking... I had more. You don't even want to hear what I have to say. You don't even want to know which direction. I felt that she thought I was just going to whine and complain some more about why I didn't get what I wanted from the on-site situation and something else. Whereas actually I wanted to talk about it in more of a personal development. If you're going to be at this company, sometimes things get crisscrossed how do we do it better next time right and so when she finished telling me like oh it's fine you know whatever this that this that i i said okay but with the miscommunication with the latest coworker, i actually wanted to talk because this was a miscommunication where i had assigned or delegated a team member to work Mm -hmm. on something and then when the deadline came she hadn't finished it and so Mm -hmm. it turned out she thought i had given her a different deadline whatever. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about how should I have better set the standards and expectations Mm -hmm. for this thing I gave her to do? Mm -hmm. Where did I go wrong to where, like, what steps should I have taken so that Mm -hmm. she would have known exactly what I meant and it would have been done. And so, yeah, I I told her like, that's what I was going to ask you for advice on that. And she said, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, well, I mean, did you set a meeting? Did you check in? Did you do this? And I said, no, I didn't do those things. Let me write that down because 
this was my first time delegating a full start from scratch task Mm -hmm. to someone. So I didn't think that I needed to Mm -hmm. set an official meeting with her to say, okay, this is what I want it to look like. This is what it needs to include. Mm -hmm. I thought us talking in the fact that there were other resources that she could have gone off of to duplicate. I just assumed that she would do that. And that wasn't smart on my part. So I wanted to learn from that. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she disregarded it instead of thinking from a leadership position of how she could actually forward me. And then after that, she was like, okay, yeah, I have to go. I have another meeting. So I couldn't even circle back to be like, so that other thing with the Seattle Mm -hmm. onsite, I feel that I might have come off a little, not aggressive. What's the word? Not dogmatic. (laughs) But, you know, maybe I was a little intense because I really wanted to work on it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to have come off that I can't take no for an answer or that I'm overstepping. So how next time can I better work through that? And then part B, when some bitch comes for you and your Slack messages, how do you handle it? Right, right. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) But she didn't even leave space open for that. It's like she didn't even want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so... Oh, I'm almost like, should I even bother trying to create that conversation? Because I just feel like we should clear the air on some of these things. But it makes me think that I worry about not being professional because if I'm talking about how things made me feel mm-hmm. or trying to explain my thought process instead of just dropping it, if they want me to, mm-hmm. are they going to look at me like, okay, you're being very annoying. And then it made me worried because if she can't see what I'm trying to get out of this conversation, then she might not even understand me. Mm-hmm. So I last night, like I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking when I told her I was overwhelmed and needed time away from work, mm-hmm. did she understand it? As like a, mm-hmm. yes, you don't take enough time off normal human being things. Mm-hmm. Or is she quietly judging me and thinking this bitch is so dramatic? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're overwhelmed. You're always overwhelmed. You always have a problem. Like, ugh, why can't you just take off time normally like people do? You know, I don't know what she's thinking. And again, white person. <laughs> right. So I think, well, if the, the fact that she's white just makes it even more relatable and just like also like complexitizes whatever it's not worth it. the whole thing complexitizes yeah <laughs> it complex it and it makes it more complex because i feel like the way that you approached it like i want to look at this concern this challenge that i had from a professional development perspective i feel like that's how you're supposed to address things like that in the workplace um especially when it's something that can be read as more personal or read as more like emotional or whatever and the fact that she didn't first of all that she didn't give you time to go through your agenda or at least let you know beforehand speaks to her leadership capability because just because somebody's in a position of leadership doesn't mean that they're a good leader i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that she's a bad leader but this may have been an area of weakness or a blind spot for her this week or whatever because that as like just hearing you say all that is just like not that's not good leadership and not giving you space to be like hey this happened i recall let's process it or like how like how have you been or like how has this impacted you because it it, like at the end of the day from a capitalistic perspective because i'm sure that's how all these people are thinking if you're Mm -hmm. not able to perform you can't the money so you just want to check and see these people can still perform and then on my perspective how are you doing like how are you feeling after that but i mean that just speaks to like her leadership she's not very emotional i'm Mm -hmm. noticing that more and more that she is not i remember (laughs) so you know the full story but when i had that surgery consultation Mm. um and then i got bad news and i was just so dejected and upset about it that I went home. I didn't work for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. whatever. I was upset. I let the team know I'm not feeling well. I'm going to be offline, whatever. So she did check in with me about that. Mm. And I was telling her it was about a surgery. That's just, I didn't get some good news about it. And she didn't respond. 
whoa after that that, anything yeah i was like okay um i shouldn't have opened up to you you know she she's the kind of person that makes you feel that you fucked up by opening up because this person doesn't care Mm. or they're judging you on it and Mm -hmm. so now with her i feel more guarded Mm -hmm. and that i should just keep it business keep my feelings to myself because and it's funny because again if you talk to somebody who was maybe gen x they would say yeah always keep your feelings to yourself why would you talk Mm. to your manager about feelings why would you ever tell your manager i'm overwhelmed Mm. (laughs) because in their generation it's like just go 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 and then clock out and go home you know Mm. but when you're at work now on the patrol (sighs) stressed yes exactly and i what i liked about my companies we have the freedom to be honest Mm. and that's what's been great about working with women is that typically they will have that empathetic empathy for Mm -hmm. you and be like okay i get it yeah take some time or whatever and she i'm not gonna shit all over her because she did when i you know apparently we're supposed to give two weeks notice when we're about to take time off i didn't i only gave one week's notice and said i'm gonna be out (laughs) wednesday through friday next week is that cool and she was saying you know at first oh you know most of the managers are gonna be out i don't know let me check Mm -hmm. but then she allowed me to she could have said no that's too short notice no the managers are all out but she let me so she's she's pulling basically to me she's like a c plus Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now she's not an a plus manager she's maybe let me give her a b minus c plus Mm -hmm. c plus b minus like somewhere between a 69 and a 72 (laughs) because she's not the worst she's Mm -hmm. i mean people have horrific managers who don't care anything about what you're going through who are racist or whatever Mm -hmm. now i feel like i'm just complaining (laughs) and like being like a i wanted her to care about my feelings and i wanted her to care about my surgery and i wanted her to make time to talk to me and listen to me even though that last part is her job that's her job Mm, yeah that's her job and i think like honestly i feel like for me obviously coming from a mental health perspective emotions are important and i think that there's a way to communicate something is not jiving with me emotionally maybe in a way that doesn't necessarily explicitly state that i've learned that because it's crazy or not crazy it's wild being in mental health and working in psychology you'll have a lot of supervisors who don't give a fuck about that which is Mm. in not insane that's weird it's weird to me where you'll be super stressed out about something and they'll look at you and be like okay do it 10 times more. And it's like, what about my mental health? I don't know. There was many times that I've cried because of supervisors because they just do not. One supervisor in particular. But the ways that I've kind of like gotten around that has been like, okay, well, you know, this is something that I'm noticing that I'm, I have um, something that's challenge that's a challenge for me right now. And I'm noticing that it's a challenge. And I want to make sure that it's not a challenge for me in the future. What would you suggest? Like kind of putting the power back on them. Mm-hmm. Well, like, what would you suggest I do? That kind of ho- like helps them like fluff up their shoulders, like and boost their egos. Like, oh, she wants my advice when I don't give right. a fuck about your advice. I just want you to know that this is hard for me right now. And that you have that in your brain. Like, okay, she is struggling with something. So it may not be perfect. Or she may, if she asks for an extension, that makes sense because she told me she was struggling with it or something, but kind of like rephrasing it to be like i need your advice i need your expertise on something and that kind of softens people a little bit i don't know that helps it does because i i agree with that whole use the advice angle because Mm -hmm. nobody can get mad if you're saying i need your advice asking for somebody's advice is a way to vent without them being able to be mad at you and call it Mm -hmm. complaining i also think i realized uh, again ever since the on-site that we had last week i've more 
more sensitive to people's possible perception of me. Mm-hmm. And then ever yeah. since that friend group that I got out of mm-hmm. last year, where they, these white people, these white gays that I was close mm-hmm. to were saying, you're very negative and you complain a lot. And when I asked for examples, the examples were, if we suggest a place to maybe go to, you'll say you don't want to go. If you actually don't want to go, you'll just, you'll voice it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it was a lie. Yeah. If you're dating somebody who's maybe not very great, you will, you know, vent about it, <laughs> which they viewed as complaining or one of them particularly viewed that as complaining to which I'm thinking, uh, you don't vent about people you're dating. You don't ever say, uh, you know, I'm worried about these red flags. Let me discuss the red flags. That's not complaining. That's asking for feedback. And yeah. And then the last one being, oh, you, <laughs> you shit on people when you watch drag race, <laughs> which I'm like, it's, you're supposed TV. to, it's you're TV. supposed to, you're supposed to crap critiques. Everybody is not stunning. Some people, their outfits are tacky. They're not good at, you know, dancing or a snatch mm-hmm. game. Why can't I have an opinion? And so it's made me very much wary to, of white people because mm-hmm. I am now thinking even if I think we have a good rapport and I trust you and I think that we're good friends, you can secretly be viewing me through this other lens where like I can't be a full human with mm-hmm. things to you. And if I do certain things, you negatively view it. You're like, oh, that's horrible. That's super negative. And this was also, I noticed the first friend group I had where different people would say negative things about each, like everybody said negative things about everybody mm-hmm. in this friend group. And I didn't realize till I was out of it that that's not normal and that I no. had never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I viewed it as, oh, we all love each other, but just sometimes people get on your nerves. So you Mm -hmm. just gotta, you can, this is a safe space where you can vent to this friend and say how this person maybe upset you or bothered Mm -hmm. you because you're not ready to either tell that person or it's not a big enough deal. Mm -hmm. But now it feels pretty racist that they created this environment that I joined in and Mm -hmm. participated in. And then instead of telling each other what they say about each other, they focus on what I said about them. And we're mm. using that as a way to highlight that I am negative, even though it's, it's I'm like, have you heard the things that y'all have said about each other? Because those have actually hit below the belt. The things I've said have just been things about my feelings or like things where I misread something or thought maybe whatever, whatever. I have a friend who literally would talk, or I had a friend mm. who literally would talk about the other friend's music and be like, I don't like his voice. He can't sing. Mm. Oh, I'm glad I have something to do so I don't have to go to his show tonight. Like uh, things like that, uh, that are like, damn, like, but this is the friend that said I'm negative, even right. though he would say that about other friends. Oh, I don't like them because X, Y, Z. He was one of those atheists who was prejudiced against Christians. <laughs> So like if he became started to be friends with somebody and then he saw on their TikTok that they like love the Lord, he would be like, (laughs) ew, I I don't want to be friends with them anymore. He was just he had so much bad shit to say about everybody, but he was the one telling a specific crunch shit I was saying and then Mm -hmm. talking about how negative I was, which is such a mind fuck to me now. So it really fucked with me to where I don't trust like Mm -hmm. I have white friends to this day. Mm But I'm still wary because I'm like, I'm just, I'm nervous that I'm being dumb by even letting y'all anywhere near me. So I feel like I still have to have a a wall up because I've never had a white friend who didn't do something that felt like betrayal Mm. at some point or felt like we just do not see, you don't see me. Like you don't Mm -hmm. really see me. You don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got into that, but no, I think, I don't know if you've watched the bling empire. Have you seen that show on Netflix? Is that the one with the Asians who are rich? 
Yes, it's with the rich Asians. But this most recent season, I watched the whole thing because I'm just like, oh, I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that became very clear is that they're a friend group, that they're all close, but in a way that's like sh- that's like close, but also shallow. And they all gossip about each other all the time. And I didn't notice in the last se- season, but there's one guy in particular who's such a shit stirrer. We'll, we'll talk shit about everybody else and like go from one person to the other and it causes all this drama who knows if they're just manufacturing it for television or what but it's like very clear it's like how are you guys even friends because you all talk shit about each other and then when someone confronts you about it you just turn it back on them basically what i take from that is like there are some people who they're negative and their negativity just permeates to everybody and it doesn't matter like if you're close to them or what like that that will always jump out and maybe take a couple months maybe a couple years but Mm -hmm. it will jump out at some point and then you'll be the victim of that negativity. And then when you confront them about it, they'll spin it as if it was never you, it was never them. It was always you. And mm-hmm. that's just a reflection of that continued shit talking over and over again. So that's what it reminded me of. It's just a toxic kind of way to be to even because mm-hmm. again, I realized afterwards I have never been in a friend group where people would say negative things to me about other people in the friend group. Right. You know, yeah. sometimes we would have a friend that we complained about, the friend who ghosts everybody randomly. It's like, okay, cool, you keep ghosting people. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. But this person also knew that we felt that way. So mm-hmm. it was fair game to talk about it when he wasn't there. So <laughs> it was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I've gone through a lot of people in Austin and I feel like the people here are not. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. But I yes. started to think that, I don't know, it just made that ho- this whole week made me feel self-conscious about how I've presented to these people and what they could possibly think of me. You know, I honestly think there was just still more to that story about why I was, I mean, it's not a big deal and I will drop it by the time the weekend is over. I will be over it. But it really just felt like somebody complained, like that girl must have complained about me and said, hey, this was supposed to be my project. Because in those meetings that we had, she wasn't really talking and I was doing most of the talking. Mm. And I was doing the note taking and I was... And if I may interject, I feel like that's exactly what was going on. I think like she was the one who was saying she was out of the country and she couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. I think like for some people, they, you know, are given a task or they're given something and then they can't do it. And they think the whole thing will fall apart because they're not there. Lo and behold, the world turns, even though they're not there and it moves on. And then when she came abreast to see like, oh, not only is this thing continuing on, but someone else is doing the job and they're doing it well and they're taking it seriously. Wait, that was my job. That was supposed to be mine. And that got her in some type of whatever. She communicated that and probably made a stink about it. So to shut her up, they took you off of the position. Right. That's what I think is what happened. Exactly. Because quote unquote, too many cooks in the kitchen. It's yeah. Two people. It's right. two of us. Two people planning a three-day conference for 40 to 50 directors, senior product engineers, researchers. Mm -hmm. These are highly paid positions. Mm -hmm. And the lady, the director, (laughs) fast forward, we had the fucking meeting (laughs) with the lady Mm -hmm. because it was never a big deal. It was never a problem to do it. Mm-hmm. Just being a bitch for no reason. So right. the next day she hits me up because I went ahead and pinged the la- the director lady mm-hmm. the next day saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know that my team has decided it's best for her to lead it. I'm going to be the on-site contact. She's going to be updating me. Here are the resources. I just had a few questions. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour after I sent that message, I get a message from the bitch and she's... <laughs> <laughs> she's saying hey i went ahead and set up a meeting with the three or four of us because she included her manager for some reason i'm mm. like why is your manager here for the four of us to get together witnessing touch base 
I'm like, so, so was that hard? Yeah. Was that crazy? I had so much grace. I said, well, I already pinged her this morning. Thanks for setting up the meeting. I really just have a few questions I need answered. Mm-hmm. And so we had the meeting. They did what we should have planned from the beginning, which was mm-hmm. handing off and saying what was actually going to be happening. Right. Me asking my last few questions, which were important. Which days should I need to be booking the flight? Because this conference is only a month away. Right. Which days do I need to be picking? Mm-hmm. You know, what days mm-hmm. do I actually need to be in town? Right. Which hotel should I be staying at? Because we at that time had not decided which hotel the conference was going to be at. If it oh. was even going to be at a hotel or at the office. And so I Big said, thing. which hotel should I book at? Because I don't know what where we're going. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she gave me my answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, okay, also from our last meeting, it sounds like I'm going to be helping out with more things than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. Can you confirm that I'm going to be needed for this and this the day before as well? She mm-hmm. said, yes. I said, great. Everything else you can just update me on as we go on. I will hear from this other girl and moving forward. Great. Thank you. That's all I needed. That's it. That's it. She was threatened. And that's one thing that I think always, not always, but happens many times in these settings, especially with black women. I can only speak for black women. And then other white women is just this feeling of being threatened. And I, there is an episode of therapy for black girls that speaks on this really well. Um, I can't entirely remember. I just remember feeling moved by it, but Mm -hmm. I think that's basically what happened. And as opposed to just being like, it makes sense that the position you were doing the job and now it's transitioning to me. There's one meeting that we're both there together to get everybody on the same page. And then moving forward, I'm the person to do. No, that's too much because I'm glad that you, again, advocated for yourself and did all of those things. Because if you hadn't done it and just been like, oh, and kind of slithered mm-hmm. away, if shit started hitting the fan, who are they going to blame? You. And they're going to make it seem like, well, she didn't, you know, pass on things in a way that was professional. She didn't follow up about this. She mm-hmm. just dropped the ball. She just left. Right. I don't want to, because this director doesn't know me. Her other director doesn't know me. The exactly. sponsor of the event, they don't know me. They know that I'm a black woman and that's it. Yeah. So after seeing me in this meeting and being vocal and then all of a sudden I'm not in any meetings anymore. I don't like that. It could look like, oh, she just doesn't show up anymore. Or, oh yeah, she's not here. It just looks sloppy. Mm -hmm. It was just stupid and unnecessary. And the lady even said, thank you for helping on this. This is a huge deal. Like it's a really important conference and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of work to do, Mm -hmm. which I was thinking. So again, why is only one person? Right. It doesn't make any, that's the only, when I go back into this circle, like I find a resolution and then I go back into the circle of y'all are fucking yourself. It doesn't make any sense to have one person have such a heavy load when you could easily have it be two people and we could have our delegated tasks. There's no such thing as stepping on each other's toes when it's teamwork. That that was such bullshit even because it's like, do you know how many projects I've thought of where they made me make it a collaboration when I didn't need help or I didn't Mm -hmm. need the amount of help they sent my way, but they did it anyways. Checks and balances and all that. But now two people is too many cooks in the kitchen. It doesn't make, that's when she said that I was like, yeah, that bitch complained and said, hey, I can handle this. Can I just own this? And they could have just presented that to me and said, hey, this was her thing. You know, this was, we were really looking to, because she's not even full-time at the company I work at. Mm. She's a contractor. So if they just said, hey, this is her chance to prove herself. We're trying to bring her fully aboard, you know, let her shine. 
Mm-hmm. Just let her do this. I would have backed off immediately because I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I really don't care. I just wanted to have the opportunity to network even further past mm-hmm. just being in Seattle. But even now and showing these higher ups, you can count on me to do tasks and do, because mm-hmm. I know I'm articulate. I know I carry myself well and that I mm-hmm. speak definitively. So people are impressed to period when I'm in a meeting with them. Period. Yes. yes. Period. Yes. And so I think that's why the bitch was threatened. I think she was that's just like, exactly what it was walking all over me and she's saying all the facts and I'm not having enough room to talk. And now I feel like I'm the third wheel. I'm pretty sure that's what the talk she had with her manager was. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm the third wheel on something that was originally mine. Well, then why'd you go? Out- well, then whose fault is that? It's nobody's fault. I'm Dumb. like, bitch, then why are you leaving the country during the conference? Right. Why not cancel your trip or delay it? I mean, I- right. maybe child anyways. So <laughs> that that's was it. it. That's what I have to talk about. I just, I mean, we didn't really come to a conclusion other than I mean, let, let me ask you this last question then. How do you gauge when, like moving forward, because you've talked about your experience and how you wished that you could have said how you really felt, mm-hmm. wished that you could have stood up for yourself more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if moving forward, you plan to do that or if yeah. you are planning to keep the same thing. But how do you think that you will gauge when you can speak up and say, you know what, I'm not going for this or mm-hmm whatever versus when you know okay i need to chill because they might look at me as aggressive in this moment maybe i can just fall back and just stew about it until i can vent to somebody else i think that being well first starting out being consistent in that with that tone and with that presentation from the start i think Moving into my new position for me personally, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it clear. This is, you know, this is my expertise. This is what I'm doing. And this specifically, like, these are the times that I'm working because I always overextend myself. Mm -hmm. Like, even now I work until like 6.30 or 7. And uh, this is a whole other thing. But like, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'll be very firm with that and just make that expectation. And if someone gives me a task that I know that I can't do, it's one thing if I feel like I can do it and I know it's going to propel me in some direction or whatever. But if I know that I can't do it, like, thank you so much for thinking about me for doing this task as it stands right now i do not think that i have the bandwidth for this but i feel like i can help put you in the the direction of someone who may be a better fit for this Mm -hmm. or connect you with someone who could help with this and i can assist in any way at that process but in terms of being like a first author on something um that's Mm -hmm. something that i don't have the time to at least to give this the attention that it deserves that's one thing that i've started doing like in order to give this the attention it deserves i may not be the best person but i can put you in the direction of someone who can right i feel like that at least for me will help. And then all like always just being like very firm, being like playful and stuff, just being very firm about like what my boundaries are, because I feel like by doing that, I also don't get caught up in thinking like, oh, this is like my coworker who's also my friend and we can talk about anything because once anything slips, they're not your friend anymore. They're your coworker. Mm-hmm. And that has happened to me multiple times where we'll be talking about like, oh, this patient is this or that. Well, not talking about the patient from the patient, but just like something like that. And then someone asked like, hey, this this thing wasn't documented. Do either of you guys know what happened? It's like, oh, Cynthia was the last person who was who had the document open. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. There we go. Well, yeah, and I Oof. was the last person that had the document open, but to immediately just say it like yeah. that, you know, so it's like, you know, just be on your toes. It's, it's sad, but it's, I don't know any other way to do it. That's the type of shit that makes me go. Don't even try to be friends with your, like, I'm very hesitant to actually be friends to Mm -hmm. exchange phone numbers, to make plans, to see each other outside of work, Mm -hmm. because that's when you can actually hurt me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's when, because if we're just coworkers, but we're coworker friends to where I'll chat with you, I can still have somewhat of a wall up where I know there are certain things I'm not going to say to you. And that if we don't 
connect anymore it's cool we can still talk about work Mm -hmm. but once you're in my real life and we hang out and you're my friend for real or I actually respect you to that level if you show your ass or like change up switch up on me I'm going to feel stupid Mm. (laughs) for being like I let this person in and it's always a white person who does this by the way I've never had a black woman yeah I've never had a black woman switch up on me um but that's Mm -hmm. just my experience but Mm -hmm. um Last question. Do you, so do you, it sounds like you, your tactic is to just keep it professional and firm. Do you recommend avoiding feeling words like saying I'm overwhelmed or mm-hmm. I just really need time off. I mentally am all over the place right now, or just even saying anything to do with mental health or feelings. Honestly, I would not shy away from that, but I also am biased because I'm in a field that it's like, that's all we do. So people are super attuned to that. If I worked for Goldman Sachs, would I say that? But in your own job, do you feel even going forward or let's just say currently in your own job, do you feel Mm -hmm. that you can say, I'm really overwhelmed right now? Or like my brain is really fried. I just need to go home and like, I can't do this right now. Things like that, that sound human. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like that's your best course or that's even something you can do or should do? or that you should just keep it hello i'm at my bandwidth so i will be out of office for the next (laughs) (laughs) please lean on your xyz's too (laughs) i think now where the i think it all depends on the setting and the setting that i'm at now i would be more i'm out of the office or like i will i'm out from this day to this day. And most of the time, somebody will check up on me and be like, hey, what's going on? And then I would go into detail about something. Like when I was working on my dissertation, I took a day off because I was like dying. And I was like, I will be out of the office this day to this day. Someone asked me, it's like, I need to get this dissertation done. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, um, I think if I was, there are certain settings that I was in in graduate school where I could share, like I feel overwhelmed or something like that. Like mm-hmm. in my training settings where we're learning how to do therapy and your supervisors are therapy supervisors and they'll understand it. Um, but I think now, moving forward, especially now that I'm not in training, quote unquote, anymore, I will probably err more on the side of like being more firm about like, I'm out this day mm-hmm, to this day, right. or I'm, I'm unavailable. By the way, I did not mean to like send the email by saying, hey, everybody, I'm overwhelmed. So I will be out of office. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> I meant more no, no, like no. when you're talking with your your manager, your supervisor, oh. your, when you're explaining, hey, because they need to know that maybe the workload is is making you feel away. So it's not as simple as just saying, hey, I would like to request time off for next week. But maybe it's do you feel that it's beneficial to explain to them? I am very overwhelmed by this workload currently mm-hmm. or, you know, times that, you know, we're very casual at my job where I'm like, I am literally dying. <laughs> yeah. I need to go home soon type of thing. Sometimes I wonder if being that real mm-hmm. or not, it's not professional I mean, uh, technically, but mm-hmm. is that something that, I mean, it's different industries though. Cause again, my job is very lax. The company is very chill and casual. So I don't mm-hmm. know that in your academic realm and with these people who have PhDs and like you said, expect you to work like a mm-hmm. workhorse that they want to hear those kind of words. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it does depend, but I feel like I, like if I was having a one-on-one meeting with someone, I would explain like I feel overwhelmed or I feel like I'm at my bandwidth or like I would probably say like, you know, yeah, I'm at my bandwidth right now. I feel like I've been very productive, um, but I'm kind of reaching my limit. And, you know, maybe because I'm still like in the kissing ass season and be like, what would you suggest I do to help 
<laughs> address some of these things. Um, I can't wait to get out of the season. I probably could get out of it tomorrow, but I don't know. But I still I, like just as a baseline, I think it's always it should be OK to talk about your emotions. I do. I will never say do not hide how you really, really feel unless mm-hmm. it's inappropriate. I'm going to title this episode some bitch named Del Trees. <laughs> 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 I was thinking, trying to think of an episode title for this. And I was just like, I use the B word so many times. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I can't say her name. So it's, I was talking about some bitch named Del Trees. <laughs> but to be fair, that is just so, I don't know how old she is. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. But I was like, that's so dumb. Don't you feel stupid for saying that? People like, did you really nice, thought you, nasty, you thought you did something? Think- I'm telling you, like, nice, nasty is a character trait in people that they don't realize is a problem. That's so sad. If you try to tell a person who's nice, nasty, you're being rude. How? I said I would, you know, we could ask my manager if you'd like, you know, how was I being rude? I told you what the managers that I, that they probably didn't want you there, you know? How am I being rude? You know what you're doing. Yeah, they always And you're trying to code it in some fake niceness when it's really nasty. So exactly when people are like that, there's just no way to even solve it. You just have to be like, oh, okay, I know who you are now and just Mm. keep it moving. The issue is that I'm going to have to check in with her every week. It's funny because after we saw each other today and it was tense on her end, Mm. (laughs) I can tell like she has a problem with me or whatever. And I'm I'm calling her all these kind of names, but I honestly don't even care about her enough to like, like, I don't. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at what she did. Mm-hmm. I don't care about her personally. Like mm-hmm. we can have our meetings and I will have my list ready of things I have questions about because right. I'm a motherfucking professional. Absolutely prepared. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not sweating her. So, so yeah, let's go into our deep thinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one? I you used to have a whole ass psychology lesson. <laughs> I did. I, I, I did. I guess because I was like still in the mode. I actually do have one today, though. Have I talked about the difference between natural emotions and manufactured emotions? Not that I recall. Okay, cool. And if I have a recap. So I was thinking about the difference between natural emotions and manufactured emotions because I was working with one of my patients who had experienced trauma and she had gone through trauma therapy, but she still is has like interactions or things, a reminder of what had happened to her. And she feels some type of way. And then she feels guilt about feeling this way, basically by having emotions. And we were talking about it. And she's like, I don't know how I can get over the feeling of guilt for thinking these thoughts or feeling this way. And I described to her the difference between natural emotions, which are just emotions that you have, like when you stub your toe or when you see a sad movie or when you see like, I don't know, those videos of like kids seeing their parents when they come back from war or something like that. And you feel so happy. Like those are like, I don't know, just things that like a a human being with human universal emotions will express that emotion naturally. It makes sense. And manufactured emotion is emotion that's based on how you think about things. And it's usually based on like a a manufactured emotion is usually something like guilt or shame. I feel guilty because I did this or I thought this guilt is not necessarily like a natural emotion in that sense. Like I'm feeling guilty because I thought this or I had this emotion. Shame is like, I feel shame because I did this two years ago or because I'm still reeling back from that. I don't feel shame from like stubbing my toe. I don't feel shame from like, you know, seeing a beautiful day and feeling overwhelmingly happy. Like those are natural emotions. Shame is not a natural emotion. Guilt is not a natural emotion. Those are emotions that are built on how we interpret things and how we make meaning of things. And if you think about like your emotions and you feel 
like an emotion, you're wondering why you feel that way. I would just recommend like thinking about like, why do you feel this emotion? Is it because it makes sense for you to feel sad because you're going through a breakup? Or do you feel shame because you allowed this person in your life? And why did you do this? Or you're making meaning of the breakup. And that's why you feel the emotion. That's a manufactured emotion. And those emotions, you can kind of change a little more with the way that you think and the things that you do. You can change natural emotions too, but you shouldn't because they're natural and you should just allow yourself to feel them. So that's yeah, I wouldn't think that you can change like it would. I don't even know how you would change reacting to something that just happens like Mm -hmm. that, like stubbing your toe or seeing something with your eyes that has an instant reaction. Mm -hmm. But I was I'm glad you went through the whole thing, because as you were talking, I, I had a question which was what is the benefit of categorizing the two and distinguishing between the two? But I see that, as you said, with manufactured emotions, you can challenge why you are mm-hmm. coming to that feeling mm-hmm. and reinterpret the situation so that you don't necessarily go to a negative emotion like guilt or shame, but instead work through it so that you're not getting there. Mm-hmm. I want to piggyback off of that mm-hmm. and make so my deep think is so Penn Badgley has a new podcast. <laughs> I, love I heard him. about it. It's called Pod Crushed. And it's just about uh, like listeners send in stories of things that they went through when they were in middle school. Mm. I think I don't know why it's called Pod Crushed. The first episode was about a girl who had a crush. So I assumed it was related to that. Either way, guest host was Leighton Meester. Every week they're going to have a guest celebrity host. Short. So um, she said something today that I had kind of heard, but like I haven't absorbed or ever used, which is you need to talk to yourself like you are your own best friend or like you would to your best friend. So when you're going through something and you feel so stupid and you're beating yourself up and being so mean to yourself and punishing yourself, would you if that was your friend, would you help your friend beat herself up? be like yeah bitch you are an idiot you are dumb why are you here nobody likes you like (laughs) no you'd probably say it is fine like nobody Mm -hmm. is worried about it your girl don't even think about like you would reassure your friend Mm -hmm. and so you should actively work to reassure yourself and talk to yourself like you are your best friend Mm. and that sounds very good I just never practice it and a lot of therapy is practice it's tools you are given and you have to do the work to redirect your thought patterns Mm -hmm. because lately mine have been down the fucking I'm saying too many curse words but mine have been down the the, in the gutter like Mm -hmm. I have been tearing myself apart this week and very very much judging myself and the four agreements talks about how if you judge yourself you should just judge yourself once isn't mm-hmm. that how it should work you mm-hmm. judge yourself guilty cool move on you've already suffered the punishment of feeling that ne- negative feeling right. so move on so when you think about the same thing you shouldn't judge yourself and feel guilty again and feel guilty again and feel guilty again or whatever because you should just have judged yourself the one time like that mm-hmm. is hell to keep judging yourself and finding yourself guilty and punishing yourself over and over again for the same thing. When you're in a depressed mood, it's not rooted in reality. Mm-hmm. It's not rooted in tangible things. It's just mm-hmm. completely you stuck in your own mm-hmm. rain cloud and everything with you is wrong or everything is wrong. And conversely, everybody else looks like they're having a wang dang doodle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, everybody is happier than me. Why can't I get it right? 
And so this week I have been stuck in that of just thinking everything is wrong with me and I need to work on those tools so that I stop punishing myself Mm -hmm. and that I am better about being a friend to myself. And I will leave us with that. Yes. So you all enjoy your time, your week whatever. I don't know if we're recording next week because Thursday, I think I'm going to be visiting my mom. Oh, okay. Out of town. Uh, So we can either, we'll talk about what, what other day we could, we can still record. It might okay. be a little touch and go. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay. But we'll see y'all in the next one. So bye. Bye.